0: open up a Bible if we have one. There are a few Bibles at the back. Uh, so if you um, would like to open up a physical Bible rather than looking at the screen, uh, there's a pile of Bibles and uh, I'm sure Libby would be happy to hand out a Bible to someone if they would like one. Steve, can you just turn this down a bit? What's that? Oh, yeah, hands up if you would like to open a physical Bible now. There's some at the back. If you, We're going to be no okay oh well they're there if anyone would like to grab one but we're going to read and it's from the book of colossians uh chapter three we're going to continue looking at that and it's from verses one to eleven so is that turning on peter
1: okay colossians chapter three verses one to eleven in my bible there's a subheading which says living as those made alive in christ which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all.
0: Wonderful. Well, I encourage you all to keep your Bibles open today. There is also the um, the handout, the outline, if you would like to follow along with the passage, the, the Bible verses on the back there um, as we follow through uh, today. And so the title today is Looking to Heaven, Dying to Sin. Looking to Heaven, Dying to Sin. And as we've been following this book, I hope that you've picked up. That this guy called Paul, this passionate follower of Jesus, uh, with a a title, he's an apostle. He's written this book to Christians he's never even met. He's in prison and yet he's heard that there's these people who have come to faith. And he wants to encourage them. He wants them to continue on the journey. To keep finding God's truth and, and treasure what they've found in Jesus. And so he's written to them. And so this morning I wanted us to once again just start to think about heaven because that is such an important thing. If we're talking about this whole series being kingdom strategy, surely a strategy of ours is to look to heaven. And I guess I've just taken the kids through a whole exercise of talking about heaven. Maybe you've got a a, a different answer. What would you say that you are looking forward to about heaven? What's something that, that you just think to uh, about heaven that, that, that's just something that really you value in your heart, that, that you're just longing for? Paradise. Paradise. It's going to be paradise. Hmm. Our, Christ be Our Christ will be there. Our precious Jesus. Yep. No pain or suffering. Put up your hand if you've had pain or suffering in your life at some stage. It's, could you possibly imagine an existence where it's completely free of pain and suffering just think about that for a moment <laughs> your, your body's aching Jeff I could hear you over there croaking away as I talk about it it's like oh yes that's right so you're looking forward to your new body yeah wow that sounds pretty good it's going to be the best body that you could imagine. That sounds pretty good. Anything else we're looking forward to? Yes, at the back? Yes, worshipping God. There's a clear picture throughout Revelation of singing songs to God, being thankful. And one reason I believe that the fall took place is so that we're going to be more thankful in heaven. The people who are saved, that they find Jesus and what He's done, we're going to be giving all this praise and, and honour to Jesus in heaven when we recognize that, that we are there and it's good no you no more worries that's right mm. yeah so there's this inward longing at the moment we're like oh get me out of this mess and get me to a better place we want to be somewhere better we want to be with, with people that, that we love and, and that, that love God, yeah. yeah, that's right. We won't we have quite the entanglements of today. Anything else that we're looking forward to about heaven? Ken.
1: Imagine.
0: Well, imagine going up, up to those trees of life that are scattered up and down that that river of life, and 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 taking fruit. Imagine how that fruit's going to taste like, from that tree. Um, it's going to be incredible. Imagine drinking water from that life-giving water. <laughs> like everything is just going to be, out of this world. It is going to be, if we found immense pleasure in something that's good in this world, it's going to be infinitely better. And I think that's what you were getting at, Ken, to say that we're trying to put it in words, but we can't put God into words and we can't put heaven into words because they're too too special. Complete. Complete. You won't be longing for anything more. You'll have it all. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Let's go there now. Who wants to go there now? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I know I have a purpose here now, but deep down I do want to go to heaven. I long for it. Freedom. Freedom. Mm. Yes. let mm. That's right. That's a, that's a really good thought, just for us to be so free and enjoying life, life to the full in heaven. Wow. Well, isn't it good to think about heaven? You know that's exactly what this Bible passage, you look at, look at firstly at verse 1. Since you've been raised with Christ, we identify with the fact that Jesus is ours and we're risen with him to, to, be, to be linked with him. That means that we've got this heart connection with Jesus because we know that He's risen. We're going to be raised up with Him and we have this promise of what is to come. And so it says here, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Where are we to put our hearts? In heaven, just like we've done. We're to keep thinking about Jesus and the glory of heaven to keep thinking about heavenly things because that's where we're headed that's where our true home is we're to keep putting our attention onto what is to come Jesus is going to be there and look where Jesus is in that picture he is seated at the right hand of God, that's a position of power People use their right hand normally to, to do things It's their stronger hand, And to be at the right hand of God means that Jesus sits in a powerful position, ready to act as the victorious one. Jesus is above every other power and he is there in heaven. He sits there. And notice that it says that we're not only to set our hearts on heaven, but as we get to verse 2, it says, these words, it says, set your minds on things above not on earthly things we set our hearts on heaven but we also set our minds on heaven we start thinking about it we think about what is to come so i've got a challenge for you tell me how many minutes have this last week before church have you thought about heaven how many minutes have you put into your your week thinking about heaven Let's be honest. completely honest. You might, you might say zero minutes. You might say one minute, two minutes. Any answers? What, what, what would you say? Zero, some zeros. Maybe you've, you've, you've had a pointer because you read something in the Bible. Five minutes? Started thinking about across the whole week, five minutes. That's probably, any takers on that? Yeah. So, would you like to add a few more minutes? Then, did that help you think about heaven for a while? (laughs) Okay. Well, just let's just do a little exercise. Just just say we say that we've had a bit of a slack week, and we've had five to ten minutes thinking about heaven. And maybe that's even more than some of us, but that's okay. How many? So we're awake for six. Often. Well, that's good. Okay, I just want to go through an exercise for us for a moment. 16 hours in a day that we're awake. You can't think about heaven when you're asleep unless you have a special dream. Um, 16 hours a day, that's 960 minutes in a day, if you do the maths quickly. So if you do a bit more maths, I used a calculator before, by the way, that makes 6,720 minutes in a week. Now, if we are saying about six minutes, then... To even out the mass that we t- thought about heaven this week, we spent one a thousandth of our time thinking about heaven. One a thousandth—it's not very good, is it? <laughs> it's it it. well, okay, sure, sure, sure. sure. Absolutely, And you could be thinking about the risen Jesus, about His power, what He's doing. Yes? Yes, absolutely. I think it, it can be. Absolutely. If you think about the things of God, that's thinking about heaven because God dwells in heaven. It doesn't exclusively mean that we've talked about our dwelling place to come. It can be a little bit broader than that. But I think we can all say that with those figures, it's not really enough. We're not lining up here with what the Word of God's saying for us to cast our thoughts and our hearts onto heaven. Even if we had a big week and we had a hundredth of our time, that would mean that we would be spending quite a few minutes, 672 minutes in a week, thinking of, of the things of God. That would be 10%. Um, thinking about heaven and what is to come. Exactly. Mm. Well, I don't think we just get busy with our work and we just get busy doing our tasks and we just go, oh, I'll start thinking about heaven. I do, do, do. It's when we stop and we do something helpful, we we start praying or we put the worship songs on that are singing about the glory of God or we we read the Bible. That's exactly correct. If we actually open up the Word of God, it it draws our attention. (laughs) Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, well, keep keep going with that, Des. Keep thinking about it. Hmm Well, I hope that's true that as we get older, that we care less about this world and more about God. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, I think we can all safely say that we need to do it more, and a balance would be to increase it tenfold, and we still wouldn't be probably thinking about heaven and, and the glory of God enough we need to keep our thoughts on him and we live in a busy time. I'd say the two biggest struggles for us is busyness and technology. It's just like there's stuff out there to entertain our minds left, right and centre and so we get busy, we get um, entertained by this stuff on these screens and it takes us away from casting our minds onto him. Because verse 3, as it says there, that we died to human desires when we came to Jesus. Because there's this reality that that when we think about Jesus and what we have, we're actually reminded that that the things of this world, we've died to them. But let's be honest and say that that's still a work in progress. I don't think anyone would put up their hand and say, "Oh, I don't have any desires for earthly things anymore. I don't have any desire for the, the stuff that that we shouldn't be tasting after," because. There's my own fleshly desires that keep inside me, keep wanting things. There's this temptation from Satan. There's all these evil patterns in our world. There are all these things that are trying to get us away from God and His ways and the the goodness of Jesus onto onto the earthly stuff. But if we're truly united with Jesus, it means that we have effectively died to this stuff. We're to consider it gone but to say yes to the things of God. Turning to Jesus is turning away from the desires of this world. Because as Margaret shared before, as the text continues, our life is now hidden with Christ. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Rather than being alive in this world, no, we're hidden away in Jesus. Not to get honor and attention and get prideful here about our achievement. No, Our true identity is in Jesus, but our glory will come. Would someone like to read verse 4 for me? Because that is where our glory will come one day. Who would like to read that out loud again for us? With a nice loud voice. Yeah, go for it. When will our glory come? When Jesus comes back. If we're hidden in Jesus now, when He comes back, as He's promised, then our glory will be realized. Every single person we read in the Bible will bow down before Jesus when He returns. I'm looking forward to that day because it's going to be a glorious day. We'll be enjoying the presence of Jesus and He will share the wonderful glory He has with His people. What a day to long forward to. And what a joy it is to look forward to heaven. I have hope for my future, and so I look to heaven and my precious Savior, Jesus. I have struggles in this world, but I look beyond them because I look to Jesus and I'm hidden in Him. There is worldly traps and worldly pulls on my life all the time, but I find encouragement by looking to Jesus and the glory of heaven for the future. That's why we look to heaven. We keep reminding ourselves and setting our hearts on what is to come, not getting trapped up in this world. I want to share with you a dream I had a while back. I said that it's not often you get to think about heaven when you have a dream, Um, but it's uh, a few months ago now, and I was actually with another Christian, and um, it's Tim K that some of you may know. He's in Russia doing missionary work, and we were driving in a car. It was in the area I grew up. Tim was driving. I was the passenger, and we were traveling along, Down this road and as we came to this intersection um, there was a truck that had fallen over an accident and Tim had to take a swerve to the left and then he was able to take a turn to the right and get around the trouble turn back onto the road so we got back on the road that we were traveling on and as we traveled down this road our car was lifted up and as we were lifted up there was this light that was there and the car just disappeared and Tim disappeared. I just was in this light and I was just basking in this glorious light and I loved it. It was, it was the most incredible feeling. I was like, oh, it is so good to be here. And I was just basking in this light for a while. And then I noticed something in my bedroom. I don't know what it was. And I was like, no, don't let me go. I was having this internal conflict, but the bedroom got brighter Or it wasn't really anything in brightness. It was like it became more of a reality and this bright light disappeared. And then I woke and I was like, oh, (laughs) I wanted to stay there. I wanted to stay in that spot. It was so incredible. I wanted to be there. And I I believe that there was something of God in that light and that presence that I felt. It was so good. I didn't want to be anywhere else. I had no other thoughts than just enjoying that, that time. And I'm sure that that was only a small taste of what is to come. I long for heaven. But then there's a reality that this passage calls us to. We have a vision of heaven and of Jesus, but we're called to step away from things, to hate some things because God hates them. God hates this stuff called sin in our lives. We're going to have a look at verse 5 for a moment. And the second point today If we're looking to heaven, if we're looking to Jesus in heaven, the second point is killing sin or dying to sin. It says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires and greed, which is idolatry. Put to death is to kill. We know about killing things on earth. It's springtime, even though it doesn't feel like it outside. Tell me, what's in everyone's garden? Weeds, exactly, you've got it. And what do we do with weeds? Pull them out, we kill them, we get rid of them, and we want nothing to do with them, particularly the prickly ones uh, that we step on or hurt us. We want them out away because they're annoying. We want nothing to do with them. We want them gone. What about over this winter? Did you have any... Any mice or rats come into your house? Did you want to get rid of them? No one had, okay. Some sort of pest, have you had a pest ever invade your house? The same thing, we want to kill it and get rid of it. It's annoying, we want nothing to do with it anymore. And it should be the same with sin. We want to get rid of it. We want to have as much desire for sinful things as a dead person has. A dead person has no desires because they're dead for these things. Because sadly in the big picture, sin can take our heart captive and it control us and it can actually take us away from God. Sin can actually kill us. If we we turn away from God and, and look back to sin and focus on that, that can actually take us away from what is to come. If we don't kill sin in our lives it will kill us that's the picture we have so I want to pull the whiteboard out for a moment would anyone like to volunteer to be a scribe I'm not the neatest writer this of course was what Noah shared last week does anyone feel like writing some things on the whiteboard up here for us Oh, great, well done. Here we go. Grab a couple of, grab a couple actually be good. Okay, and we can put a title on the top, killing sin. Do you want it up to... is it better to see if it's on the stage itself? Maybe we'll do it actually all the way up. It'd be better, yeah, yep. so killing sin. I think it makes more sense than we don't we don't just die to weeds, we kill them. <laughs> There's an active element of this. Killing sin. So what's the first sin on the list here? It is. It is. But the aim is to kill these things. So we're going to list them out of things we're going to aim at killing. What's the first thing in that list? Sexual immorality. So my title, can you write up evil sex? Because immorality stuff, immoral stuff is stuff which is evil. And so we know that there's a moral way for for this and that's in a husband and wife relationship uh, between a man and a woman. The second thing is things that are impure and you think, what's that? Well, it's any sin that spoils us. So can you write that? Any sin that spoils us is the second thing. So you might just think of something that's not on the list here. I've got a few. Maybe it's killing someone. Stealing, having pride, being lazy when it comes to the things of God, bribery. Yeah, that's in our list later on, but uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a sin. Now, if the first one didn't cover the whole sex topic enough, we go turn to it because it talks about lust, which is to have a strong sexual desire. And of course, we live in an age where we're full of pornography That's encouraging lust. Did you ever know what the the Greek word porno means? Does anyone know what the Greek word porno means? Any takers? It's on the board up there. Evil. Porno is the Greek word for evil. So the very word means evil images. So, what are we promoting in our society at times? Evil images. That's part of the, the whole lust thing at in the, in the moment. And I think if we do have lust, a trick that, that I think is a very good thing is to start praying for that person and their relationship with God. Rather than making someone a, a start to have any thoughts of a sexual nature towards someone, we start praying for their well being in God's kingdom. I find that a game changer when it comes to someone. You actually start caring about their spiritual well-being. You stop focusing on their outward appearance. The next thing is to have evil desires. Or as it says in here, what was the term it actually used? It says evil desires. So any action or thought that is anti the character or the will of God. The next one. Greed. Greed want more. That selfish desire for more money more possessions the Bible gives it a title idolatry give me more wow it's quite a list already isn't it and can someone read out to me verse 6 about what it says is going to happen for people who entertain these ideas? Mm, that's right. The wrath of God is coming. Just think about that for a moment. What is to come for those that just continue in this way? I wouldn't want a wrath. It's like severe judgment, a heavy hand from God is coming against such sins. That's the big picture reminder it tells us. But just in case we were wondering whether there was any more sins to kill on this list, it continues. There are other things that we're told to rid ourselves on if we keep reading. If you look at uh, uh, another verse down there, verse uh, 8, tell me, what are some, what's the first one there in verse 8? Anger. Anger to get rid of. Anger, we know, is a strong feeling against others. Oh, I'm angry. Rage is the next one. Has anyone... <laughs> well, you better check the Word of God, David. It's saying here that anger is not good. Sure. They we're probably muddying the waters a bit there. Okay, we can say that Jesus got worked up when he turned the, the, the temples over, the, the tables at the temple, and he got worked up over sin. Um, and there's like a justice thing in our heart to say, I want the right thing, and it's not right. Okay, well, there's also this word here, um, malice. Is that right? Is the next next one? What is malice? Yeah, we want to hurt someone. Probably out of revenge or something, or they've hurt us. Oh, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to hurt them. Whew. Okay. Now, well, this isn't a hot enough list. Uh, we'll start doing some. Uh, what's the next one? Yeah, talk badly of others, slander. Yes? Sure. Well, I think we could, um, we could almost have a whole sermon just on that, so I think we'll leave that there. But yeah, it's like um, if we call it such a thing as a, as a righteous spurring to do the right thing. But I think we need to be a bit careful there. I think there's something to be said that we should hand things over to God and let Him judge. We shouldn't just take everything, get angry and take things into our own hands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. Mm. Yep. Okay, here's a big one. If we, if we get to slander? Yep, the next one. Filthy language. Gosh, we live in an age of filthy language, do we not? Okay. Yep.
1: Sure. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Gossip. Yeah, yeah. Well, gossip. You want me to define it? Oh well, I think the audience could do that. Everyone could say what gossip is. It's when we, we, um, it's sort of um, we, 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 we add to a story. We make a story up about something. We we talk something bad about someone else. Yeah, gossip is, um, is 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 not building people up. It's talking badly about someone, normally behind their back as well. It's... No. Yeah. Wouldn't it be better to say something nice about someone than 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 gossiping about them? Okay. And I just, I remember, I to it years ago. Yes. Sure. Dealing with it. Mm. Yes, well, it's common. It's common. It's common in the schools. Um, it, it happens. Sure, yes. Now, that's a, that's a potential equipping, isn't it? To say, yeah, that, that hurts when you say that. I love Jesus. Please don't say that. I definitely would say that in my scripture classes if one of the kids said something that way to, about Jesus. Well, there's another one that it goes on to say that it gives another section to and it says do not lie which Jeff said before. We tell the truth. Do not lie. There we go. Because we have an old way and we used to do these things in an old way but we put on our new self. We put on a new set of clothing. We put on a new way. So what are we supposed to do with all these things? Kill them. Or you can put a big cross through them if you like, Grant. I'd be with pleasure. Good. A huge cross. We're, we're people of Jesus. We're not about this, this junk. We're killing it off. And maybe there's something in here and we think, oh, I'm pretty good with all of those. It's just one, one item. Well, we need to kill it off. Or we might say that one keeps popping its head up. up. We need to kill it. It's clear. It's not going to help us in life. It's not going to help us in our relationship with Jesus. We need to get rid of it. And maybe you say the whole list is there in front of me. I'm doing that. Well, I think we need to examine our hearts if, if that's the case. We need to get real with God. He cares about what we think and what we do. If we're united with Jesus, he wants us in his image. Because as we delight in Jesus, we're starting to get ready for what is to come, the glory of of heaven. Maybe we'd say, "Oh, I could just pick up a little bit of one of these. Do you think that's a good idea?" I'll just, you know, I'll just um I'll just say something really bad about that person because it makes me feel good. <laughs> well, sometimes Oh, I'll just, I'll just use some filthy words. Pray. Yeah. Put to death. Kill. I think, I think if you get the focus on God, it helps you to put to death these things. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Yeah. Well, he gives us the Holy Spirit to help. Yes, Eric. The cross Oh, there we go. Well, that's right. We look to Jesus for help and His empowerment by His Spirit. But the sad thing is, is that we can put some of these things back on without thinking about it, sometimes thinking about it first. We give in to temptation. But the Bible is clear. Put to death. Kill them. Have nothing to do with them like the weeds or the vermin or anything else that we want gone. This stuff we should detest and we should get it out of our lives. And because then there's a nice summary verse at the end, in verse 11 it says, uh, "These words it says, and ha- um, it says, lost my way of it. Here there is no gentile or Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian. The next word is a hard one, <laughs> Scythian. It's, it actually means I looked it up. It was someone who used to wander around up the north." Of um, uh, away from the Greek empire so they were considered like gypsies that were just wandering around doing their own thing so they were considered uncivilised people they didn't have all the Greek um, educated ways they were just these wanderers and they were like looked badly upon for that but it's like no nope, don't make a big deal about those people it doesn't matter what your background is it goes on to say it goes on to say these words it says Slave or free, Christ is all and is in all. Christ is all and is in all. What a picture for us to finish with this morning. Who do we look to? We look to Jesus, we look to heaven, we look to the glory of what is to come and we say no and we kill off this junk in our lives. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge how magnificent you are. We thank you and we delight in what is to come the glory of heaven being in your presence, the worship. Oh, we long for what is to come. Lord, examine our hearts and Lord, help us to put to death, to kill the stuff that hurts you, the stuff that you hate. For Lord, we want to hide our lives in Christ and we want to be all about Jesus. So help us. And Lord, we're sorry for the times that we get this wrong that we do sin and we know it. And Lord, we we want your cleansing and forgiveness this morning. Change us and help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. We will be having a song in a moment, but why don't you talk to your neighbour about something that we've just talked about.